so hey earthlings uh, welcome back to lend me your brains and today we are going to talk about the electricity of the future we are going to talk about what is the future of electricity as we are seeing that certain things are not going well for us such as uh, you know we are kind of dependent on fossil fuels and stuff like that what are the actual solutions or what can we do to actually tackle these problems in the future so we'll be talking about nuclear energy we'll be talking about solar energy the wind energy and what are the problems that we are actually facing right now when we think about this uh, problem then we are also going to talk about the transmission and we're going to talk about uh, the big players in the game like tesla and uh, actually aviation and uh, deviation field in general because uh, you know uh, this is a big of uh, actually big uh, kind of different companies uh, are in this field and they are also looking up for some alternatives because if you consider that uh, if you consider pollution aviation is one of the biggest uh, polluters like it produces so much of carbon dioxide into the air so let us start about our journey now like what the future looks like like if you start looking at a world which is 20 years in the future if you start imagining a picture right now then how the world will look in the next 20 years you might be looking after a world which needs a lot of electricity and everything would be electrified like from cars to planes uh, to all of different stuff and we need a lot of electricity for it and clean electricity uh to consider america uh, at this point it actually i think generates uh, 70% of its electricity uh, from fossil fuels uh, considering india like a developing country and in india there are about 1.33 billion people as or something like that right now at this moment in, in the, at the time of this recording of course uh, so 80% of the population is actually dependent on the energy or the electricity which comes from fossil fuel especially coal now we know that of course uh, a lot of pollutants uh, a lot of co2 a lot of co carbon monoxide which actually causes problem to your lungs um, uh, is a, a major contributor to uh, the greenhouse effect because they are greenhouse gases and even uh, the mines from where uh, the school come from comes from is uh, a kind of into a bit of public discussion because the the level of work that they're doing the level of time that are putting in mining the school is actually a kind of really a big thing that they are doing um, for us and risking their life uh, in inside these mines so the future holds a lot of things for us uh, how about thinking about like the energy that we have on this planet comes directly or indirectly from the sun so considering right now at present we are using 70% or 70 to 80% of our of our fuels uh, of our electricity comes from fossil fuels or coal or natural gas something like that now where where do you think this coal and uh, petroleum come from these comes from of uh, the plants that were uh, decomposed and they died about 60 to 65 million years ago uh 
and uh, usually from the carboniferous era these big huge humongous trees died they're mostly coniferophytes um, they are kind of plants there are certain species of plant so they died and uh, and a lot of them got decomposed and uh, now they lie on the ground so more soil comes over it and mud covers it and then they as time passes more and more soil and rocks and debris and new plants grow over it so they are pushed down in the ground and temperature keeps rising up and the pressure keeps rising up which builds an enormous pressure and temperature uh, that uh, now it forms a fuel the fuel that we use right now uh, the petroleum or the coal that we are using so and there is where all the fuel come from so if you think about the plants the plants get their energy from the sun so the energy that we are using right now comes from the sun because the plants used that sunlight to grow themselves to make make themselves big and humongous they feed on the sunlight and hence the energy that we are using right now is definitely sunlight so how about can we make uh a sun down on earth if if you look at into the milky way galaxy and into the sun or any other star you know that there is a lot of energy stored inside them and they're releasing it at an unimaginable scale so like thinking about it it's a kind of we should think about like how can we actually build a star down on earth or is it feasible or can we can we is yes we can be are smart enough as a species to understand how uh, the sun works it works on a simple theory of physics which is called nuclear fission no nuclear fusion to be uh, exact it's not fission it's fusion so fission is uh, when an atom splits into two of usually a same uh, same molecular weight but nuclear fusion is actually combining of two atoms uh, two neutrons uh, uh neutrons and electrons together neutrons and protons together uh, to uh, release energy so what you may heard about all the natural uh, all the nuclear power plants that we actually have right now uh the the kind of a uh, nuclear energy that we are actually producing right now on this planet called earth uh, the most of the energy is a nuclear fission now what nuclear fission is nuclear fission is simple as i told you it's just uh, it's the like splitting of two um, heavy atomic molecules such as maybe uranium or plutonium that we uh, can use which have roughly the same mass and it produces an enormous amount of energy now uh when we think about this energy we think about chernobyl you may think about fukushima disaster now that are uh, th- th- these are some examples of w- how these uh, energy sources can just go terribly wrong and uh, make us different problems now when this a uh, fusion uh, the um, division happens when the atoms are split into two we need to provide a bit of energy at the start and it contributes to a chain reaction which uh, further carries on and uh, a lot of a lot of uh, energy is being released and as more energy is released this energy actually uh, 
promotes more reactions so more chain reaction happens and it goes on forever it happens until and unless there is like nothing left so we have to somehow control it so and now after the discovery of nuclear fission there's uh, the the age was called as atomic age and uh, usually it was started uh, not for energy to be honest it was started uh, during the cold war era and extensively uh, research was done uh, research was done. Research was that done uh, back in the uh, back in, during the Cold War era, both in the Soviet Union and in the U.S. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of uh, technology was put in. Especially, uh, the term fission was first used by Otto Fischer and Les Metina in nineteen thirty nine. It was uh, described the disintegration of two heavy nucleus into two lighter nucleus of approximately the equal size. Now people did so much research on it and uh, today we are able to produce an enormous amount of energy uh, from the uh, from the fusion energy and uh, the, the fission energy to be honest and currently we kind of use uh, uranium uh, uranium 235 which is responsible for the phenomena and and so 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 the way in which we uh, control this uh, reaction is usually by the graphite blocks and uh, by uh, frederick curie and uh, von habel and korowski now these were some of the scientists we, who actually did some research on it and they found uh, they found out the possibility of actually uh, self-sustaining uh, chain reactions and uh, after a bit more research by scientists like Fermi, uh, they were able to uh, do uh, uh, a lot more uh, things and uh, produce a lot more energy than it is now possible that we can produce a lot of energy. Now, uh, especially Einstein was against it that we should, that he had no idea about like how we'll, uh, we will be able to produce uh, energy uh, and control the chain reaction so he was quite skeptical about it back then but now here we are and uh, we are producing a lot of energy through nuclear fission talking about nuclear fission uh, to be quite honest we are kind of in a situation where uh, we are considering the thing that if we should uh, invest in nuclear fission so a huge economy uh, economic problem is there that if we should believe on our scientists that we will be able to produce a lot of um, fission energy in the future a lot of uh, fusion energy to be exact in the future now what fusion is as i told you that it is like kind of splitting of two atoms into two so that we are able to produce a lot of energy and it is what happens in the sun so we are trying to build a mini sun on this planet now considering it uh the basic concept of a uh, fission is that to release a lot of energy like it happens on sun or any other star uh the problem here is that uh at this point we are not able to do so uh there are actually two methods that we are doing it it is um, through a magnetic field we are creating high density plasma in which uh the atoms kind of split into two 
no 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 the atoms combine into two uh, combine into one so two atoms combine and it releases a lot of energy it happens in in the core inside the sun at 15 million degrees celsius and enormous amount of pressure we can kind of create the same using magnetic field here on this planet so for example that iter in france it's uh, like a lot of uh, countries came together and they invested i guess 10 billion dollars or so into the field of um, developing a, a kind of working instrument or a prototype where uh, they can actually uh, release this kind of energy using nuclear fusion energy so fusion is like coming together and releasing energy so these countries are uh, russia france germany india and i think states is also a part of it and they have their uh, the thing is uh, developing back in france and uh, yeah this is by magnetic core technology the other technology that us is actually using and they have a functional lab in the uk and in the us so the nig in the us is using laser so they are using one of the best lasers and the most powerful lasers that actually available for for us and they are kind of creating a temperature and a temperature and pressure inside a small a really small it, it may be a side um, yeah, the, the container in which the fuel uh, the nuclear fuel which is actually used is uh, inside a, a chamber or inside a flask which is a size of a, your palm i guess and Uh, the uh, the lasers are concentrated uh, to that small area in which uh, the the reaction happens the nuclear fu- fusion happens and uh, it releases enormous amount of energy considering the next uh, topic uh, we are talking about wind and solar energy so now uh, what why wind and solar now we have uh, done a uh, done few research on it that we are using solar we are using when especially denmark and the other uh, european affluent uh, european countries like denmark and norway they are trying to do debates uh, usa is us and tesla are doing it uh, with solar power back in uh, the us actually there is a fun fact that 40% of denmark's energy comes from wind 40% and it produces around a single a uh, wind farm produces about 400 megawatts of energy and when we think about uh the christmas eve back in 2017 i guess that they were able to produce 100% of the uh, energy that is actually required on christmas day that was required was all generated and given by the wind farms they have a lot of wind farms and they are doing their bits and and almost each and every wind farm is in the sea they have a large uh, area of sea that uh, that is under their administration so uh, so you know uh, they have set up this kind of uh, uh, the wind farms around uh, denmark uh, denmark is actually made up of i guess one mainland and about 70 habited uh, uh, land areas and uh, land islands and i think there are more hundreds and thousands of islands uh, small islands in the sea scattered around so they need uh, somehow to produce so much of energy uh, 
hydroelectricity is also an option as for bhutan now the country of bhutan is located just at the foothills of himalaya so there are there's a lot of rivers that are in bhutan and uh, not much of population it's the only carbon negative country i'll make a video especially um make a podcast actually definitely on bhutan because it's such an interesting topic to talk about and uh, yeah so they heavily depend on the hydroelectricity the hydro uh, and uh, uh, the the wind type uh, the turbines that are spun by water and about some good days when the flow of water is super good like in negdon like sometimes they actually import export their electricity and uh, uh, their energy to india so think about it like it is a country which exports electricity it's the only country which exports natu- natural and renewable sources of energy to a different country so that's why i'm making a different podcast on uh, bhutan so yeah so why is uh wind and solar energy such a big thing and why are we not using it at a rate that we should actually now the problem is that uh now wind if there is no wind there is no energy and you should be living in dark at this um, at those times so that is not actually acceptable and uh, we should do something about it and we can't we just can't go spin turbine by our hands so leave the topic aside and again sun to sun is only there for like 12 hours if lucky like only one day i think the equinox there is a day when uh, it's 12 hours of daylight and 12 hours of sunlight during on the equator and there are countries like london and oh sorry countries like uk and other cold countries where uh, uh, sunlight is not the best option of electricity and uh, uh, of course the the sun the amount of energy that is actually uh, the solar panels actually generate a huge amount of electricity considering um, the the technological advancement that we had in the last few years actually after 2006 we should say after 2018 the price of uh, the solar panels dropped by 50% and uh, we should be uh, we should thank uh, the solar farms uh, and uh, the other players in the game uh, to actually do this and uh, you know uh, the the kind of energy that we get from the sun is limited and uh, it's only during the day if it's cloudy or overcast gone and during the noon it produces so much energy that we have to store it somewhere and here comes another problem is the batteries that we store in uh tesla and other uh, other other big companies are trying to do uh, their bits and um, and trying to you know uh, do their things and produce better energy uh, energy uh, storing uh, uh, things uh, uh, st- storing uh, their energy in different bits and forms in the lithium ion batteries and they're doing pretty well actually the solar impulse uh, did a better job it's it's an airplane which uses electricity and the batteries in them were pretty good at that time and because uh, because the uh, the glider it was it was a glider and it flew for about 16 months with just solar energy and the batteries it had so 
we've been doing quite bits actually uh looking at the aviation industry 1 billion tons of co2 is produced annually by the aviation industry alone which is a big thing and we should think about storing energy uh because you know when we fly planes we need energy okay and at this point we are using the normal combustion engines and which uses a fuel and the, the, the aviation fuel that they use uh it's comparatively l- less heavier i would say uh, to come uh, uh, to the batteries that we actually have right now and uh, so like flying with those heavy batteries and using that batteries to actually power the turbines is a kind of not a good plan because it stores less energy and produces less energy i would say uh, so the turbines uh, would not rotate for a more like uh, we have planes which uh, run for like 15 minutes or so with the with that amount of uh, batteries that we have uh, actually there is a company called aviation aviation in israel like i guess uh, yeah it's in israel and it uh, has its plane which uh, can they say that will uh fly for about 650 miles without needing a recharge not refueling recharge they are making this uh from the ground up and uh, by 2022 they'll be able to fly their uh, planes uh, i guess commercially and uh, and do their bits so we are going up uh, the, the storage uh, uh thing so yeah and uh, talking about uh, the solar farms that uh, the, as i told they are also working with tesla because uh, you know uh, the company is owned by uh, elon musk and his uh, and his cousins actually solar farm and uh, tesla is actually owned by elon musk uh i mean he's the ceo managing director whatever we call him so so the future looks right and the other uh, breakthrough that we can have is a molten molten salt uh generators which actually use uh, the nuclear waste to produce energy uh, it's kind of topic that i'll leave for another podcast uh we'll just talk about that a specific topic there is actually a the the leftover fuel from or the base the nuclear waste which is actually produced from uh, the a nuclear fission reactor at this point can be actually used to produce more energy and it's kind of safe it's better and you should go and look after it on youtube now for the uh, molten salt electron uh, the molten salt uh, reactors uh because it's just cool so i think uh when we are going from uh from the normal fossil fuel to uh, the uh, to the cleaner and more better forms to the superior kind of energy that we should have some kind of buffer in between and uh, hybrids that we are have right now it's kind of buffer and uh, in the future we will see cars planes and whole city and economic power just by electricity and not much of a fossil fuel will be required so the future holds up good and uh, let's hope for the best and uh, keep watching my podcast for more knowledge
and uh, keep listening to the podcast and uh, thank you for thank you for coming and listening to it and thank you and peace